I am so ready for today's waterproof records. You have no idea. Um, I have been trying to get this guest on the show for months. We go way back and I'm looking forward to talking and catching up and just to kind of set up who we are talking with today. Um, I've talked on the show before about my history in stand-up comedy, um, performed in LA for about eight or nine years. Looking to get back into it at some point in time, it just got difficult, obviously, with the lockdown, but I had lost a little uh, you know, energy and momentum to get, keep going with it um, even a year or two before, but I'm starting to miss it, starting to think about going back, and so it's really opened the door for me to talk to some of my old comedian friends, and that's where the origin story of this guest and I began. Um, over a decade ago, I met uh, my guest, and uh, shortly after us becoming friends and, and getting along quite well at some open mics and comedy clubs around L.A., he moved back to the East Coast, back to New York City. And while we were able to keep in touch through social media, it wasn't until I started seeing this incredible uh, heavy metal-themed talk show called Two Minutes to Late Night. And I was like, there he is. That's the guy. Guarcinio Hall. Um, AKA Jordan Olds, uh, who is a very funny guy, um, great music taste, and we got along very well. Um, and uh, I was sad to see him go, but then I was so happy to see him thrive putting together this incredible show. Um, so today I'm so excited to welcome to Waterproof Records. Let's talk to Guarcenio Hall from Two Minutes to Late Night. Let's go. Before we get into it, I want to talk about my sponsor, DistroKid, who you know I love and you should love too. I have a VIP link that you can use. It's distrokid.com slash VIP slash waterproof. That gets you 30% off your first year. And why aren't you using it? Oh, you probably are using it. And I'm getting all in your business about how you're already using it. You're like, Jacob, I'm using your link. I'm using DistroKid. Um, but if you're not, you could go in there, follow that distrokid.com slash VIP slash waterproof, get 30% off of your uploads of music to DistroKid, and that puts your music on Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, everywhere. You can show all these amazing musical masterpieces you're working on, and you can get them out there to the world. It's a very easy platform for you to be able to watch how many people are listening to your stuff. You can collect your earnings from your streams and downloads, and they've got an iOS app, and you can do all sorts of cool stuff. And when you get DistroKid and you you have that initial investment into getting your songs out there with 30% off. You they have all these cool tools that you can use and see and everything from the, you know, the the lyrics and having a little video play on Spotify, all sorts of features that you can enhance, some are included, some are just a little bit extra here and there. But again, check out DistroKid and uh, make sure you use them. I love them so much. But it's now time to get into the show. It's now time to welcome my guest. So, Welcome to Waterproof Records, Guarcenio Hall. Oh my God, Jacob, thank you for having me here. I'm excited to talk about records. Records, those records, those things that spin round. Oh my God, they're so round. It's so sick when they do that. So sick. Well, uh, what I got to say to the listeners is um, if you're not watching the video version of this, you're missing out 
on Guarcinio's glorious face because it's just painted to perfection. And you've got yeah. a stash too. I got a mustache. Uh, we're shooting uh, a couple of, uh, we're, we're just finishing up some sketches and videos for the Two Minutes to Late Night live show at Gramercy Theater. And in one of them, I got to have a mustache. You do. Uh, so it's part yeah. of it's part of the show. We've done. I mean, I've yeah, I've had I've That's had a true. mustache before. You have. Did, I remember when we had a we did a, a, a King Diamond cover and I was like, all right, if it's me singing as King Diamond, I feel like I got to go all in. I got to have a mustache. You got to do it. You got to do it. That's the key. Yeah, it's it's where the voice comes from. Yes. Yes. It's the it's the way it's the only way you can get grandma. Like <laughs> it's all in the you got to sing from the mustache. Yes. I love it. There's, I love it. There's uh chord voice, head voice, mustache voice. You know, it's funny because it's true in a way that facial hair does mess with the way that your mouth kind of moves to music. So in a in a, in a very true way, Whenever I've had a mustache over my lip, I feel like I say and speak and sing a little differently than I normally would. So it's very true. It's very, especially with this, because yeah. uh, I use, I got to use like a crazy setting spray uh, for all this and it gets into the mustache. So the mustache is like hard, it's like hard. hair sprayed. Hard mustache. It's like a hard, it feels like I have, I, I have plastic vampire teeth on top of my lip. It's crazy. That's amazing. Well, I, I'm going to describe it. He's got, he's got very, very amazing looking corpse paint on. He looks so, he looks metal as fuck is what I'm trying to say. Metal as fuck. Yeah. Uh, imagine if uh, a bird shit on a window. Okay. Yes. And then that's a face. That's a face <laughs> that he described. Just dripping it. down. Poetry in motion, guys. This is exactly what I'm looking at right now. Bird I'm, shit on yeah. a face. It's an ink blot <laughs> test. What do you see? Um, I see, oddly enough, I it really reminds me of a guy I knew over a decade ago here in L.A. And for some odd reason that I hung out with back in the uh, stand-up comedy days. I don't know. That's that's what it reminds me of. Oh, in yeah. Some unusual I've, way. I've heard of that guy. He's, yeah? He's, he's not. He, there's a reason he quit stand-up, huh? Yeah. I don't uh. know. I don't know. <laughs> So to the audience, there was a fella once upon a time that I knew, um, and I met him here in L.A., not for very long, but this would have been 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. And there was a comedy club here in the Los Angeles Valley um, with, a, with a great name. It was the Ha Ha Cafe. It's a, yeah. It's always... It, I I uh, I... I went uh, to see Kyle Kinane the other uh -huh. week, uh, yeah. who we've become kind of friendly. And uh, spoiler, we were shooting something with Kyle for the two-minute show. Awesome. And we were in Boston, and just the comedy club was called Laugh Boston. <laughs> Laugh Boston. And I was like, can we not? That's the best we came up with. <laughs> Laugh <laughs> I know. Not 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 get, like giggles at Boston. Like what the fuck? <laughs> right, right. Just the names, the 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 uh, the cliche names of comedy clubs. Somebody's really got to be out there thinking out of the box. Like I'm gonna do something that's like you know pasta spasm comedy club. You know, or like something that's yeah. just like what are they talking about? I love it. Yeah, it's so. It, <sighs> It feel, but it does feel like eventually they're like, it's a comedy club. 
It's gotta have. It's got. It, they gotta know what they're getting. We're sell. We're putting it on the box. We're putting this comedy. Is, yeah, the tickle seller. Let's go. It is true that a lot of these comedy clubs are run by guys that couldn't be less funny uh, with their with their attitudes. You know, we right. gotta book. The, we gotta book the comedy every night. Make them laugh. Get, a, gotta, get the chuckles. It's It's can you if it wasn't for the legacy. If I heard a club was called the Comedy Cellar, I would be like, "That sounds like a a, a fucking pickle hole. Get that away from! I'm not going right. there." Yes, yes, it's so true. It's because it, it carries the weight of the name. But if you heard it just out of the it, gate, you'd be like, "All right." Yeah, it sounds like not a cool place to be. It sounds like it would be. It it sounds like it would be a bust. Yes, and I would like, but it is probably the most famous uh, comedy club. In New York, and be, I feel like because of that, maybe other comedy clubs are like, "Well, that place is called the fucking Comedy Cellar. We can do better than that." Yeah, we can do better. We can. Do really I, better. I feel like people expect it to be <laughs> like, uh, "All right, come down here for the for the like uh, for the lol bomb shelter. Let's yes. go." Yeah, there you Crazy. go. That's a, now we have to make that club. I guess. So yeah, I guess. I guess. All right. So. All right. All right. Well, we'll get to, when we get to uh, brick and mortar real estate. Yes, uh, that'll be will, our time to shine. Yeah, I've never been to New York. Can you believe that? I don't really. You not once. Not once. It's kind of tragic. Uh, I I've always wanted to go, and it's been one of those things that year after year after year I said, "Well, I got to get out there. I got to visit." I had friends that lived there for years, you know, and I still have some friends that live out there. Um, you included. And I've never been uh, really had the time to. And I had kids. Mm. I did that whole thing. And now the kids are getting older. And so it seems like it's getting closer and closer, especially with what's been going on for me here, that I could probably get to New York pretty easily these days. So I would love to come visit. Yeah, you should. Well, like you don't want to take you don't want to take your kids to the Empire State Building. Do I the do. Stuff I do. Whatever. I do. Yeah. I want to take them to the Empire State Building. I do. Yeah, I mean, here's maybe you don't do like there's better things to do, but you got. I feel like you got to do that once. You got to do that. I I feel like people are like, don't do that tourist stuff. Everywhere I go, when I go to a new place, I'm like, I'm doing the tourist stuff. Yeah, because I want it. I I gotta know for myself. Yeah, I went to London uh, a month ago to do uh, to do like a two minutes thing. Yeah, I gotta. I, I, I get booked. My friend is uh, is Kristen Hader, Lingua Ignota, and she is one. She's the most incredible singer on the planet, and she writes the most emotionally devastating music of all time. It's amazing. A, a, it's an uh, it's every I need to album check is her an out opera. immediately. Immediate devastating. Okay, I I have brought people to her shows, and I'm like, you will cry. We're all gonna cry together. And they're like, they've never, they maybe had never heard of her. And then they were sobbing by the wow. end of it. I've never brought a person to her shows that wasn't left sobbing. So I am usually uh, brought on to her shows to host like a little after party to yeah. like. Calm everybody to, down. To, 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 Can, like everybody say yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like we know we're going to do some silly shit. But, so like because of that, like I get to go to like. London <laughs> yeah. and wow. be in a fancy venue looking like that. It's crazy. But I was there like a month ago and I'm doing, I'm 
going to Tower of London. I'm going to see. I'm looking at all the big bends. Amazing. I'm seeing all, all the big bends. Shit. All the big bends. Every large bend. I'm looking. I, I, we saw it all. Like, I did Phantom on the West End because, like, whatever. We're doing the. I'm doing the basic shit because this, the next time I come here, then we can spend all of our time yeah. going down the rabbit hole without feel of like uh yeah. of a real local stuff without feeling like i'm with i feel like it, it you're able to appreciate the context of it a little more yes. once you have done the the attractions the attractions i tell people the same thing that come visit la like if it's their first time this doesn't happen as much anymore at my age now but in my 20s and 30s if somebody was coming to la to visit i would be like well let's knock out the touristy stuff in the early part of your trip. I feel like right. if you're going to come, you got to do the things that everybody tells you to do. And then, then we can really dive into the more local cool scene things. But I feel like any major city, you got to just do the thing that they're known for at some point in time, usually in the first visit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, why, why I, I feel like it's, um, it's really what you, Unless you really know someone there and they're really guiding you around, like yeah. you got to start at the top and then figure out what you like doing in that town. Because yeah. there was there were a couple of recommendations that we got uh, from people uh, that were cool. Like when we were in London, we went to Oddity, like this crazy Oddities museum that was also like an absinthe bar. And I don't drink absinthe because uh, I don't like licorice. Yeah, black licorice. But it's, I'm I'm not trying I'm not trying to drink an old person candy, but the <laughs> uh, the actual museum was crazy. It was really were it was and the vibe was immaculate, unbelievable. Yeah. Um. But then there were like a couple like I got recommended like I don't eat meat. I got recommended uh like a vegan fish and chips and eating it. I was like, this is I'm eating a fried banana peel right now. Really. This is, disgusting <laughs> frankly disgusting <laughs> one of the worst meals i've ever had uh, uh, incredible incredible never and you'll never forget it time of your i life. will never i <laughs> they gave is a banana peel yeah that yeah, they throw yeah. what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's so good it's so good yeah go can ahead. i ask you a question are yeah, you still do you still do stand up so that's a good question uh right around 2019 i started to kind of take a step out of it and mm. then the lockdown of course obliterated it from my life totally. but I, ju I just recently hung out with an old comedian friend and did his show and he was like why aren't you doing it and I was like I don't know but I yeah. I, uh, I do miss it and I, I feel like now that we're a couple years out of all that chaos I do want to go back and the fun thing is I've looked at it kind of through the lens of what's been happening for me the past few years with the music thing and how right. I could marry the two you know what I mean so like yeah whether it's I start incorporating into the stand-up a lot of the music humor that I do. I've thought about bringing a guitar up on stage, you know, you know, right. not to mimic Tenacious D or anything. But, you know, just to do something that really utilizes what people enjoy about me is my my joy for music, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I've been. Yeah. Do you still get That's up? A, I, I stopped, um, I think, about like a year before we started doing. Uh, two minutes because there was a there was a moment where when I moved back here it was hard to find uh, a mic that wasn't 
Like part of the reason we went to the haha is you got five minutes. You got five and minutes. And you went up and you went up within the hour. And yeah. like it might have not it it wasn't an alt room full of the like other comedians that like uh, I necessarily wanted to do shows with or uh, or whatever. Right. Like we met each other, which was awesome. Yes. But I I it the whole point of it is like we're gonna practice. We're yes. it's a we're practicing our craft, and it doesn't really matter who the audience is. I just wanted I needed I need the time. But in New York, it's it was always like a minute fifty, uh, for like two. I'm like I can tell one joke. Great, we're right. here for two hours. Right, uh, right, right. Every everyone is like, um, everyone is a good comedian for the most part that I'm going up with. At least there's a lot of good comedians, but you know it's very it's not it's not a good room to like really test the material. And I think I got. I got a little burnt out. And also, I feel like there was a point where I was like, I don't really know if I have a lot to say. Like, I'm just like also a white guy who's swiping. Like, I don't yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a there was a repetitiveness, especially in the comedy culture of of a certain type of life. And it was being repeated amongst you right. know all of us comics. And it was like you'd go out and you'd be like people talking about smoking weed, getting laid, um, using apps, yeah. dating around, whatever it was. And so there was to your point though, the thing about the haha that was beneficial, and I think that when you would explain it to people, you'd say, Look, their policy is this five dollars you get five minutes and people are like, yeah. they make you pay to do a mic and you'd be like, yes, but I'll, I'll give them credit because you're getting up, you're going to get up and you're going to get the five minutes and you're not surrounded by a bunch of edgy comics that make you feel like you don't belong for the majority of the time. There were some sure. times that maybe the energy in the room was, you know, somebody was there and everybody was like, Ooh, we all got to show off for this person. But, um, but overall, it was the best way to kind of get your training, especially in the valley. You're not over the hill. You're not at the comedy store. You're not at the improv. You're not feeling intimidated out of the gate. You're like, okay, right. I could just get better and better and better and better. And so that's why I started there and meeting people like you and other great comics that had that same like, look, I just want to figure this shit out energy was awesome. Yeah, I think like um, I, I don't think that there's like there there was a better for like meltdown like I, I went to the meltdown mic a couple of times and i was like this is we're getting no time and i've been here for two hours right and right. the thing is is that everyone at the two hour mics that are free that you know like it's two hours of time and yeah. it is full of like arguably better like the comedians were better they sure. were better there because Absolutely. they're not going to the like. I feel like a lot of a lot, not a lot of people who were trying to get seasoned were going to the haha because right. it's not where you're going to get noticed. It's not which is what I didn't want. What I didn't right. want was to be noticed when I'm trying when I'm when figuring you're, when out it's the early crap. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Who the fuck wants to go? Like who the fuck starts playing guitar and you're in a room with cool, with people you respect. Yeah, yeah, you're I, like, I just heard guitar. I'm booked at the whiskey a go, go this Saturday. It's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have steps. You gotta get good. You know? Yeah. I think it's, uh, uh, I, 
uh, yeah, I wanted the I wanted the time more. the The other reason that I stopped is the final. As I was on uh, like the last Hard Times showcase here in New York, and I had a I had a really good set, and I was war- I was on it uh, trying to warm up for the the second episode of Two Minutes to Late Night that we were going to tape in a few weeks. And I had a really good set. And then the Hard Time Showcase stopped. And at that moment, I was like, I'm going to go out on a high, I think. Yeah. Like, that was a yeah. good That was a good final like 15-minute set for, for me. And I don't know. If I get like the urge to have to like actually write a set, like maybe I'll do it. But I don't know. I... I I haven't had it. I feel like I get the. I, I feel like it's probably the same for you. Is I get the performing bug, and comedy out yes. of me doing this. Yes, and and that's that's what happened big time. Was even after leaving it in 2018, 2019, I jumped on for you know somebody would come along and say, hey, can you come and do this show? And I would go do it. But mm-hmm. once this started, this scratches the itch. This is um, the the videos that I make, the comedy that I make, and the interaction with an audience that follows my stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm performing on my own platform, my own stage, and so it really fulfills um, yeah. what what I was getting out of comedy, which was I just want to entertain people. And so you're doing the same thing. It's like, you know, this show, two minutes to late night, is is awesome. It's amazing. I it, Thank like you. I, like dude, what year was the first when did it all start? 2015. 2015. So, if for anybody who's listening to my show, if you don't know what 2 minutes to late night is, you need to go check it out immediately. It is it is such oh. a clever idea. <laughs> it is I remember the first time I saw it come through and I knew it was you and I was like <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. A heavy metal talk show. I was like, why hasn't this been thought of before? And you thought of it and, and, and your partner thought of it. And it was just this great idea. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, you slipped on the, the toilet, you hit your head and you drew the flex capacitor moment of yeah. when this came to you. And you're like, this is what we're going to do. So uh, it originally it originally came from uh, like I, I've always done music videos since i was like 18 like yeah bullshitting my way into like local festivals and filming local like hardcore bands or whatever and so i've always done like little whatever i I worked at victory for a little while i did or did stuff for them and whatever uh so local i'm just i'm back in new york like two years kind of after leaving la Mm-hmm. And I'm getting to know like the local metal scene that's relatively new for me because yeah. St. Vitus gets built. Uh, right. I think in the time that I don't live in New York, like when I lived in New York originally going to college, it was hard to yeah. find. There kind of wasn't a heavy music scene. I didn't know anyone playing it. I didn't know where the local shows were happening because there was no CBGBs and like, there was like Death by Audio. It was just a DIY venue, but that got bought up by Vice. And wow. I got torn down. So I was like, I don't know what's happening anymore. Yeah. And then when so it the came back. the music scene wasn't really like you knew exactly where to go. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I feel like it exists. It exists now. But for a while, it was what's happened. And I feel like also for a lot of. 
there was no like venue like a St. Vitus that was like a draw. We needed a new CBGBs and they filled the space. Yeah. And so I'm spending a lot of time there and I'm meeting a lot of local bands. And there was a local doom metal band uh, named Godmaker. Great name. Great band. Great name. Uh, they wanted to do a they wanted to do a music video for the new album. The album was awesome. All it's three songs and all of them are nine minutes. And uh, they didn't Amazing. have like a, a budget. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> and they were like, I, we can kind of just do a performance video. And I was like, okay, a perform nine minute performance video. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so I started thinking about what we could do. And I remember uh, around this time of me trying to come up with the treatment for it, me and my my co-creator of Two Minutes to Late Night uh, slash roommate and best friend, like we were just up late uh, watching videos of Rob Zombie playing on the 90s talk shows. Like uh -huh. we're, we were huge Conan fans. Conan is the best. Yeah. But we were having such a good time like watching just every talk show like have to introduce like a metal band, like Rob oh. Zombie's, just David Letterman being like, all right, folks, their new album is called Le Sexorcisto, White Zombie. <laughs> and then it was like a right. really fucked up VHS copy and it looked crazy. It was yeah. really a really fun juxtaposition. And that's kind of where I was like, oh, it'll be fun. We could do a music video for this band where it's like, it looks like, uh, a rip of a talk show from the 90s like it'll, yeah. it'll look like someone uploaded a vhs of it and it can just be the talk show host introducing like god maker and then they can play for nine minutes but we can have fun making it look like a vhs making it look like a real like talk they're show. on a talk show yeah and then i was like oh it'll be fun if we like could um like make it look all janky, but and it and then like, what if the host is like in corpse paint? And the more I thought about it, I was like, I kind of just want to make this show. Yeah, and that's kind of the inception for it. Is I was working at like a, a media network. Um, I don't want to say the yeah. name. <laughs> sure, sure, you don't have to because uh, I don't know. I, uh, yeah. whatever. I was I originally pitched it. Uh, to them and they were like sounds cool let's shoot a pilot and then in typical this media company uh fashion everyone who was like the head of video that we were working with like they all get fired and i was like i don't know what we do with this now we have it so we kind of re-edited some stuff like took their logos out and um just put the put the episode yeah. on YouTube and it kind of popped off from there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I Sorry I to God maker, I owe you a video, I guess. It's been <laughs> 8 years. 8 years. Sorry. They're still waiting. <laughs> They're still waiting on their still God waiting. maker video. But I yeah. I um I feel like one of the earliest clips at least that crossed my path or um I, I remember seeing that the show was on YouTube and then it was the the bird one. That yeah. I remember was getting sent around because I don't know if it had been extracted from the episode and being shared. It's just an individual clip. 
Yeah. Like I was landing on blogs, you know, like here's this excerpt from two minutes to late night. And that's mm-hmm. where I was just like, you know, I don't know how, how far into the show that one was. So that's like, it's like technically the third like episode or the third okay. full episode that exists. But yeah, so we did like, we did this pilot and yeah. then uh, we were like, okay, we made the, the first actual episode of two minutes to late night. The way it worked on that was that's us trying a lot of shit. Like that was, we shot a million things for that. We shot, yeah. So much. A bunch of sketches. We shot, we were like, let's try doing like daily show style monologues. So we had like, it was like me doing like uh, topical like uh, music humor. But we were like, by the time the fucking episode comes out, like this news is going to be so old. Right. So we cut all that out. And we were like, oh, we can't do a cover song because the... Like, uh, we don't know how the rights work. Right. Like, YouTube might flag company. it. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. just the company that yeah. we were making for it. Like, they might not be able to do it. Uh, so we had Mutoid Man play one of their own songs. And we had two guests. And we were just really trying to figure it out. So the second pilot that we made was we we called it the second pilot, which doesn't make any sense. That's not a real that you can't. You, there's no such thing. But for us, it was like, okay, well, this is kind of more what we think the show will like, be. The show would be like if we were like uh, off the chain a little bit. And right. I think that episode is more us, uh, but I think like um, it had been so long since the first one that we were like, we watched the second one back and we were like, okay, this feels. Like, you can't just watch this on its own. Like, it's so indebted to the first episode. Mm-hmm. So we then decided to do, like, a Patreon-funded eight episodes. We were like, we'll make a Patreon. However much money we get, like, we'll just... Like, we'll, it'll take a long time, but we'll pay... We'll be able to pay everyone properly to make eight right. episodes. And we're going to just do whatever we can. And so, like... There is a real, like a season one, episode one thing there of the, of the original eight. And in that episode is the bird sketch uh, that you're talking about. And we did release that on its own. Yeah, I thought so. Um, So it's a lot of like, the whole show has been a lot of like trial and error, error. And we're learning kind of what we can do with the tools that we have. And, um, it's been it's been a lot of fun and I'm really excited for kind of what we're going to do next. Like the show we're working on uh coming up is our most ambitious, I'd say, and it's d- uh, absolutely the funniest thing we've ever done. I can't wait. I can't wait and I I'm glad that we timed it where you could come on and I could tell my audience about the show cuz I want them to check it out because even though I've set it up and said, you know, heavy metal talk show, you know, he's yeah. got this amazing backing band, Mutoid Man, and all the guests and, and people that you guys have visiting on. And I was going to say to people who listen, if you're not a metalhead, it doesn't matter. You have rock yeah. and musicians from every... First of all, it's funny. It's a funny show. And, and then you have amazing <laughs> guests, and it's it's rock, it's heavy, it's there's jokes in every direction. Really, it's it's a bunch of music lovers. 
And um, we've had, besides you now coming on the show, the other guest that's been on Two Minutes to Late Night that's been on Waterproof Records is Walter Schreifels, who I adore that man. The best. wonderful. He's wonderful. So um, what I, I, yeah. No bad bands. Who the fuck has four bands and they're all good? And they're all good. Who who has, he (laughs) has done so much so many mu- projects and music and he's just such a kind generous yeah. person with his time and um i loved getting a chance to meet him and when he came on the show it was great and then i watched of course the show where he came on yours and doing a top gun you know cover i mean just what a wonderful guy he wanted to do that did he that was, did he yeah he was like i wanted to sing this i was like oh Fuck yeah <laughs> okay <Take your> <laughs> away. oh it's so good yeah it's so good he, and then you guys also and to your credit, it looks like you put these um, these super groups together uh, yeah. of of incredible musicians. And I'm sure people who are listening have seen the one with freaking members of Tool, Coheed and Cambria, Primus doing. I mean, these cover songs that you guys put together mm-hmm. are just remarkable. Can you tell me a little bit about how you're getting this? Are these just fans of the show? They like saw Two Minutes to Late Night and they're like, I want in. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> kind of. That's kind of how it works. So, uh, in on the in the actual talk show, like part of the game, you're right. the 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 show is about music lovers. Yeah. This is about. This is a a show about. It's a talk show for music. It's heavy metal themed because that's what I know and that's how I know how to. Right. And it's also, I think, the most. Uh, it's a fun sandbox to yes. play in and it i really think is. that it's easy for people to want to it's a fun release it allows itself to it's the funniest genre of music so that's why the theme is the way that it is it is the, the funniest genre the it is the funniest genre it's of music the funniest genre because it's because it, we love the death and the dark but it is so fun because you can you can parody it and it's great you know what i mean yes. like everybody's on board in the metal community to kind of make fun of the metal community. Yeah. And I, it simultaneously can be like, like, uh, I feel like the spectrum for the genre of aggressive music is like, is like a me and, uh, my friend, uh, lingua ignota, Kristen Hader writing the most like, like, uh, cathartic and, devastating music of all time but then you also have like uh you have guar yeah, you know you have guar. there's the two spectrums of what it can be and i think that that's the furthest at yeah. least by genre title that's the yeah. most amount of stuff that you can be yes. and so i originally the how on the talk show like our, we would interview a guest and then they would do a cover song with us at the end. And it was hard to... There, we had a lot of people that wanted to be on the show, but they're like, I'm coming through only to do my own show. I don't... It was hard to figure out, like, hey, can you come to St. Vitus for free? Like, uh, right, so we, right, right, right. So um, uh, uh, Chelsea Wolf, who's an incredible... Uh, musician in the scene. Uh, she's got a new record coming out, and it sounds fucking crazy. It's on Loma Vista. Check awesome. out. She's unbelievable. Um, she's kind of like a, a mutation of like Nine Inch Nails and Queens of the Stone Age. 
Love that. Which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, and she had wanted to be on the show for years. She was like, I want to come to the show. I want to do Crazy Train. And we're like, got it. And we built this demo for her. And we could never make the scheduling work. So we started in 2019 shooting uh, and figuring out the plan to do isolated Remote performances shot. before the pandemic. Right. So you had a so, you, you were ahead of the game of this like we've got to record things in in five different cities. Yes. Before. So th- so we had the demo for her so we built it and then we did like two others to kind of with like a close knit group. We did Weird Al and ACDC. Um I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, so we did, we did those and then her cover of Crazy Train and we had all of those ready to go before the pandemic even hit. And then wow. because we already had these, we, we were like, oh, these are really perfect and easy to do right now uh, yeah. based on what's happening. And because we figured out how to creatively make it happen, we could spend our time figuring out like, all right, how can we do this so that it helps the musicians that are a part of it? So we pivoted. We're not doing full episodes of the show anymore. So we pivoted the Patreon to be like this funds, uh, like <clears throat> whatever you're giving, like this money goes to the musicians playing on the songs and the guy editing the videos and mixing the music. Like, and that's, that's all there is to happened. it. We're, we're putting together a, a, a fun cover and a work of art, and you're basically thanking the people putting it together for you with your investment. Yeah. Like, I I took as much, like, we all split the money, like, evenly. Like, if I'm on the song, like, I take a, sure. a, a cut of it. But there were plenty where I'm not there. I don't make a cent. I don't touch. Yeah. I, I, I don't touch it. It was mostly, it was a platform to number one have artists who are bigger be able to have fun and not feel the pressure of like writing a new album when it feels like everyone has the same experience uh but it's also to introduce like by having some bigger name artists we were like well we should try to sneak in a artist from a newer band right uh, right so that people can check them out so we we tried to always have a balance of that on the on the song so it's not um all iconic people that everybody knows it's like you have you know you have these really well-known established names on these songs and then you have somebody in there that that they may not know well like you know even on that rush cover like that's all heavy hitters but then we're it's also like steve brodsky is here right mutoid man my mutoid man cave-in yeah oh my god Jacob, do you do you know Kaven? I don't know Kaven. You need to li- you specifically <laughs> I need to get on you need Kaven. to check out Well, Kaven has been like a different band okay. throughout all uh like all their years. Yeah. And they're one of the most accidentally influential bands. Like they used to be a hardcore band. You need to check out this album called Antenna. Okay. And I will. specifically for what you like I, I know the music that you like, and this is like a perfect version of it. Yeah. And it's it was their major label debut, and their right when it came out, like their A and R team, a classic like uh, 
issue and our team gets fired from the label and so this it's like this ghost of wow. a perfect album like they put that album out they go on a foo fighters tour and there's like no promotion for their for their album but they are like punk and hardcore icons now but they have it. this perfect like alt rock masterpiece okay it's a masterpiece i'm in and I'm of on. what should have i it's exactly what alt music should have sounded like throughout the 2000s and Love it's it. unbelievable and then from there i think you are gonna have a great time checking out all their other albums and hearing yeah. like what they used to sound like when they were like they used to sound like converge and it was crazy yeah 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 and then they're now they put out like an album uh, uh last year uh we did a me and uh, two minutes late and he did a music video for it but uh oh, i need to go check it, that out it's it, this album sounds like a heavy stoner soundgarden album okay it's so sick. Those are all words that I like. Time. I love all those words together. Yeah. So, so you're, you're putting together these amazing songs with, with, with the big bands, but then you got the Steve Brodsky's on there. And so it gives people yeah. a chance that are like, I know who Les Claypool is. I know who Danny Carey is, but I'm not as familiar. And then the door opens to these musicians catalog. Yeah, right? totally. That's amazing. Amazing. Totally. And so that's kind of like, it was fun because we had like a reason to do it. Like we were like, this is how our shows usually end or with covers like this. Right. But with this format, we got to do a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, like a lot that we normally wouldn't. Like I got to play. I'm usually the one composing the covers. And so with that, we got to do a lot of bizarre right. versions of the arrangements. Like um, we got to do like Oingo Boingo in the style of Iron Maiden. Yes. With uh if you haven't heard that that one's one of my favorites. We did like a Brian Eno medley. Incredible. With like a bunch of Brian Eno songs and we did like Blackened by Metallica but the BPMs are shifted so it's like <laughs> slow at the beginning oh. and then the the I slow saw that one. Part is fast. Yeah, I it's try to keep up. You guys put, you guys churn out such great stuff. There's, there's so many. I'm excited that that we can share it with with my audience that they can go check it out. You're, if you're a music fan, if you're a music lover, that's what these guys do. They're, they're taking songs that you love. They're fucking with them a little bit. They're doing these amazing alternate c covers and interesting takes. Yeah, it's just fun. It's just a fun universe you've created. Yeah, thank you, my friend. You're welcome, my friend. <laughs> so we're putting, uh, I based on this, like we're we've we're we're pausing the covers to focus on this upcoming live show because we're we're what we're building is uh, like a two minute show that can travel and go to different places because we've only ever done New York or whatever festival will kind of book us. Yeah. And this show is going to be, it's not going to have Mutoid Man on it, it, it but we have a, a house band called the Callous Dow Boys who are crazy. <laughs> they are the new Dillinger the Skate Callous Plan. The Callous Dow Boys. The Callous Dow Boys. They're <laughs> what a great fucked. Name. Oh, I they, love it. They sound like calculating infinity era like dillinger escape plan with more mike Patton business oh my there. god incredible it's, 
They're incredible. They got a violin player. It's nuts. They are nuts. They have the craziest. Uh, they are so much fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, our guest is Andy Williams, uh, the former guitar, uh, the guitar player for the uh, for Every Time I Die. R.I.P. Every Time I Die. R.I.P. Every Time I Die. Yes. Yes. Love them. Uh, he's a wrestler now. We're going to wow. talk to him about what he's doing, like about both of those things existing at the same time. Yeah. Like becoming a wrestler in your 40s, like uh, what he's got going on next. He's also going to judge like what the show is going to be is the theme of it. This is what I'm most excited about is we're doing the Mosh Olympics. <laughs> yes. So it's the Mosh literally Olympics. Olympics. So it's yeah. uh, uh, it's competitions for different uh like mosh moves so there's yeah. gonna be like a spin kick the it's kind of a, a like a mosh themed field day at the end yeah. of the day but it's prestigious it's the olympics yeah so there's gonna be like the three-legged two-step there's Amazing. gonna be spin kick the pinata potato sack <laughs> crowd surf like we're going it's gonna be a ton of fun the audience is gonna be the andy's gonna be a judge Amazing. um Spoiler alert, Walter, Walter Schreifels is a part of this. Good, good. Like, yeah. Say hi to Walter for me. He's uh, great. That's amazing. I So everybody needs to check it out. When When is the new, uh, would you call it a season? A season, a new season is dropping? So it's going to, essentially, we're going to take the Masha Olympics. Like, it's starting in New York, but we're going to do it based on what the show is. It's based on audience participation. The guest and the house band are going to change depending on what city okay. we're in. But the way this is going to work is the Mosh Olympics is just going to happen all over the world so we can find the best moshers. So it's like That's amazing. not really going to be a season. Like we're going to just capture all these it. different things and then put together uh, like... We don't we don't totally know like why we've told people everyone's like you're not filming this I was like not like a normal episode like it's right. not it doesn't totally work like that this is going to be a touring stage show amazing and we're going to tape like pieces of it and it's going to be like a big crazy thing by the end of it but it's Really, we wanted to build something that's like, this is a live experience. Yeah. This is different than what we can do on YouTube. Like, this type of thing can't exist as, like, a a full episode. It's got to right. be around. We got to go to different towns. We got to see We got to see who is the best I love at it. moshing. Best we at moshing. Yeah. Yeah. We well, got to have different judges. It's going to be gonna, great. I, I'm going to, so then on this episode, I'll make sure to link all the ways that everybody can follow, you know, what's happening with that, that they can know where your, where your shows are going, where they can see you, how they can get involved. So we'll make sure that right. they, they're included in on that. Um, the only yeah. way, but the only way to see like the Andy Williams, Callis Dowboys version, this initial version is Gramercy theater in New York, December 14th. You got you got to come see this shit. It's going to be bananas. Okay, if you're in New York and you can get there, you have to be there. You don't want to miss this. And don't. and and you don't. You, yes, yes. You don't. And so this gives me hope that um the fact that you're touring and this is ongoing that there could be a West Coast uh opportunity for uh, a collaboration between Jacob Gibbons and Corsenio. Maybe. 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 <laughs> I think it we'll see. We'll see. There's a, there we'll was see. a once upon a time a wink wait. We'll see. We'll see. 
<laughs> Once upon a time, I remember you reached out to me early on, and I don't know if this was in the two minutes to late night, and we were working on a back and forth about a possible bit that I was going to film called Open Up This Mic. Yeah. So You're, we did. We you were did kind it. Of, we've right? done it. Yeah. It exists. It's a... Uh, it is okay. We were gonna do a West Coast right. version of it. It's been hard to pull that one off uh, after we shot the first one. Yeah. I think we got away with the first one because people did not know what it was. But right. anytime we've so many bands have been down, they're like, "Please do this." Yeah, I would imagine so many venues bands are cool. <laughs> venues are like, "Fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> liability, liability nightmare. No, right? what yeah. insurance do you have? And we're like, no, yes, none, absolutely none. So it's, uh, you know, we're gonna have to get creative, but we have done one of them. Yeah, and I think it is one of the funniest things that we've been able to put together. It's insane, amazing. Um, we want to do more of them. We just have to figure out <laughs> totally how. To, to to let them know what it was, he he contacts me and he says, we have this idea about a comedian trying to do a set in the middle of a pit, a mosh pit. And I, I was so down. I was like, I'm in. And then I think it was just scheduling or it didn't end up coming together the way, but we couldn't do what we wanted to do for that one. Right. Mm. We Well, the festival, it was going to be at a festival yeah. in like Southern California. Yeah. And... I don't think the actual festival happened. Okay. I think they shut it down. Like they were like, do you want to do it during like Megadeth? And we were like, yes, yes, definitely during. <laughs> yes. That sounds great. Uh, and then um, in tip, I think they had like a, a pre fighter fest. So like we didn't end up doing, we haven't done anything on the yeah. West coast other yeah, so, than the weather oh. at Danzig's. Yes. Which I'm yes. not uh, like, we, which is, we just, we have a West Coast correspondent. But when we do, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can pull off. We'll yeah. see if we can get around some California rules because, and we'll host open up this mic. It is literally a open mic in the middle of a mosh pit. A mosh pit, which is and just And people the best. are trying to do like, uh, like, hey, what's up? Ah, fuck. <laughs> hey, everybody. Isn't it, yeah. isn't it crazy? Who's about <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So before I let you go, because I know uh, I've kept you already for a long time, I wouldn't be a Waterproof Records episode if I didn't talk about this. Uh, and and I want to say to the audience, I've gotten better uh, about refining what the Waterproof Record is because I've had guests on before. And when the show started, I would ask uh, musicians who would come on. I would be like, well, what's the album that got you to play guitar, play drums, whatever? And they would answer accordingly. And then I would have a guest on the show that wasn't necessarily a musician. They were just a music fanatic, a music lover. And so mm -hmm. I'd be like, okay, well, what was the album that like changed your life? And then it just dawned on me that I was like, what a waterproof record is for me is that album that you go, I am who I am to this day because of that album i am it it literally formed my identity in so many ways and so that is right. kind of what i you know am starting to put out there to my guests and talking about on the show is that like if somebody said well what would you know it's because it, i think you can have a favorite album which would be separate i think you could yes. have a um an album that made you want to play music which could be separate but you go so much of like who I am right now 
is really dependent upon my experience of discovering that. And it's usually in your youth. And you told to me, and if I hope it still stands true, Danzig 2, Lucifuge. There it is. He's got there it. it. Is. Dan, there it is. So, so They don't make this anymore. They, they have not repressed this fucking album. The album on iTunes and Spotify doesn't even have this cover. No, it has the chest. It has the it chest. Has the chest. Yeah, that's the original it's the cover. It's the zoom in of this. It's the zoom in, the black and white zoom in of his little furry pectoral chest with the cross. Yeah. yeah. So, so go ahead. I picked this album. This is, I feel like it's always a hard, like a top album. Anything is hard. Um, and it was, it was between this and AFI's Sing the Sorrow for... Okay. What album, like, I am who I am. Because, like, I discover the Misfits and AFI separately. Like, I find out that, like, oh, AFI does Misfits. Oh, my God. They're one of the biggest influences. Like, I discover that around the same time. And I'm like, it's cool that these two things are linked. And I feel like I chose this uh, because... uh, Sing the Sorrow is more of a, this is the, I play guitar the way I play and write songs the way I do because of Sing the Sorrow. Yeah. But overall influence to me in who I am and how I think about music and different stuff is probably because of Danzig. And I feel like I didn't hear Danzig 2 until like, later in until i was in like going into college but danzig and all of his projects have had an effect on me since i was a weed lad yeah since i was 12 years old i feel like i first heard the misfits um and i became obsessed and then i feel like his body of work I I I feel like people are really hard on him. They are. And I I think it's unfair because you got to th- I feel like people are like uh like Dan- when people think about Danzig they're like oh, he's only got like the first 3 or 4 albums and then everything else is like it he's shot or whatever. And I right. think that number 1 Four albums is a lot. A lot. <laughs> for one. For one. That's yeah. one. But he, it's like, you're also not counting The Misfits and Sam Hain. He's got three iconic bands. Yeah. He's got three iconic bands. All The Misfits stuff is incredible. Yeah. Uh, like, they technically have only one album and an EP that is officially released, which is Walk Among Us and Earth AD. Uh slash wolf's blood like that's the only things that are officially released from the misfits and then a sea of b-sides like yeah. legacy brutality static age with like hybrid moments and all this stuff b-sides and it's yeah. still incredible it's iconic that shit is so iconic that he gets to play madison square garden yes. and that's his high school band Yes. And, which is insane. Like imagine someone coming up to you and be and being like, "Hey, 
like where you are now, Jacob, if you get back together with your high school band, you can play the garden. You would be like, what the fuck are you talking what about? What are you talking about? That is not music worthy of being, I know. you know, like that should not be ever heard again. You know, I feel like that's, and that's how I, I have to imagine that that's how he, like, I think I've heard people say that like, yeah, he says that he's in my fucking high school bands playing the garden. What do you want from me? Yeah. But yeah. I, so it's a lot of material. And then by the time, I don't know, he's getting at a certain point, he's getting older. Like that's he age is inevitable. We're gonna, yeah. We're going to, we're going to make fun of just like a guy who had this dark, heavy, cool music and he's older. He's an older guy, right? He's a, like people. I've heard people go like, "I saw the Misfits; they didn't sound good." He's fucking sixty something right yeah, now, right? Like, what do you want him to sound like? Right. Also, what are you doing listening to what the songs sound like in the room? How are you not singing all of them? Right, right, right. With the whole audience, and that's, like, that's the what point of it. We're do. enjoying it together. We're looking yeah. up on the stage and we're going, "This is awesome." There's Danzig. This is this is metal. I love it. But I think album-wise, uh, I think Danzig 1 is the most iconic. I think his actual best songs, like How the Gods Kill is his best song. Yes, and that's, that's a killer on, song. It's on Danzig 3. But this, I feel like, as a full album, is the best album he's start, ever made. Start to finish. Start to finish. Everything. There's like... It has his its consistency in the sequencing of this album is unbelievable. It sounds like a better version of Danzig One, in my opinion. Like sonically, yeah. it sounds they all sound the best. Agreed. The band is off the like this band that he has that Rick Rubin gave him. Yes. Rick Ru, Rubin being like fire everybody, and then here's here's your band. Chuck, here's Chuck Chuck Biscuits and John Christ, and they're gonna kill it. And they look like they should be in a band with you. Like, we're going to surround you with guys that look like yeah. you, but huge. We figured this out. <laughs> yeah, we figured this out. And it is it is yeah. one of those things. It's 1990. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the, this is right before really the mainstream exposure for everybody to Danzig is probably right. Mother. And that's 93. But that's, you know, I, I don't it's even the know. The live if, version. Yeah, the live version. I was going to say a lot of people don't realize that Mother is off the first album. And then they re-release it in 93 from this live version. And it becomes this huge hit. And everybody's like, is it on the latest album? And it's like, no, it's a, it's from the first record he put out. You know, yeah. like, that's incredible. Yeah, it's... uh. It, like the success his success pops off with like again like an additional ep to danzig three that has like an elvis cover some live shit and like one original song and then the live mother yeah uh and it's real. it is crazy that that's how he penetrates because i feel like uh rick rubin sees it yeah, uh, it's like that. This guy, this this guy is an unbelievable songwriter, and has an all timer voice. Like it reminds people of its croonings. So it reminds people of Elvis, and Danzig loves Elvis and can do a pitch perfect Elvis Elvis impression. Yeah, but he does his own thing with his howling and whatnot. And yeah. I don't know everything. I feel like on this album, there's. Everything flows really well. There's like only one song that I'm like, 
that I, I'm like, this feels like filler, and that's girl. Yeah. I feel like girl, I listen to it, and I'm like, this is fine. It's not on the level of everything else. They need to fill like, out the track list and just were like, yeah. I I feel like if you ask them now, they're like, yeah, we probably. Glenn would be like, I should I shouldn't have put that on there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Going from blood and tears into pain in the world as like the ending would have fucking destroyed. Right. And I think that that uh, I'm trying to see like. It would have been plenty of songs. It would have yeah, been enough would have been for just fine. Um, but it is. I think it, it is an incredible listening experience. I feel like you get everything. Like it's the perfect entry point to Danzig. All of everything that's good about him is on this record. You can get. Uh, you can kind of go forward and backward from this yeah. point. Yeah. Um. The production sounds unbelievable. I feel like Danzig One, uh, it sounds very of its time, in my opinion. Like everything's really clean. It's really yeah. compressed and it's really clean. And I think that, you know, if you're just getting into this and you're seeing the imagery, it might not. Like when I first heard Danzig One, I was like, I was not prepared for it to sound like this. Yeah. And, but then I hear, like Danzig 2 and it's starting off with like ass beaters it starts off with like uh, Long Way Back from Hell and then it goes into Snakes oh the dive bombs yeah just Uh, his his leads John Christ this is also this is John Christ's record and I guess as like a guitar player like I'm like fuck he's doing he's having a blast like I, it also feels like when Long Way Back from Hell ends, the way it trans into, transitions into Snakes of Christ, which we have done a cover of yeah. uh, with Gina from Baroness. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Awesome. It's great. Awesome. I had so much fun. But the way it transitions from Long Way Back to Hell into that, it kind of feels like a breakdown is starting. Yes. For like hardcore. And you're like, oh my God, the pit, we're going to die. And it's the start of another song. And that feels crazy. Blood and uh, like her black wings is a, a, is maybe is fighting, uh, how the gods kill for best Danzig song. Yes. It's crazy. The best ballad he's ever written is blood and tears. Yeah. Blood and tears is incredible. If it, if you took, if anyone, if like a, a modern crooner, um, Say if like anyone who's done a Bond theme from the past like two decades, yeah, saying "Blood and Tears," it would be a hit. Yeah, absolutely, it, it could be in a Bond movie. Agreed. Uh, but I feel like, uh, yeah, like the you 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 gotta have I with Danzig. I think that uh, like <laughs> you can you can have you can tame him. Like and have him do like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard. He did a song for Less Than Zero. I don't think I've Robert ever heard Downey it. Jr. movie. I remember the movie. He, he's uh, he writes the original, the title track. Uh, really? Yeah, or he sings it for Rick Rubin, and he's singing clean and he's not howling, and you're like, this is this can be a hit. 
he's still howling on like blood and tears. So I think that that's where they're like, all right, I don't know if we can put this on the radio because he's going, oh, or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> so um, signature I don't know. Him. If, mm, it's so, which I love, but I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think that this is, this is his best work. So like, um, I feel like his, also the difference in all of the different Danzig projects, like Misfits is like, is like, what if the ghosts of doo-wop like started a punk band? That's fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> then they like later Misfits and like Sam Hain is like disgusting hardcore. Yeah. Uh, disgusting, sloppy hardcore. And then he's like writing like spooky rock and roll like just spooky hard rock yeah spooky hard rock fucking rocks i don't know it's i love it this his ethos his songwriting like it is the biggest influence on me i don't i i feel like it's a very obvious answer for me but good good well now i know and i'm glad it was the choice that you made um it's a great one it's a great choice now, Thank how you. what what age did you start playing? Um, we're gonna wrap it up. Obviously, I gotta let you go. But I was gonna say, um, what age did you start playing music, uh, guitar? Uh, I started playing probably around this exact time. I eighth grade is eighth when grade. I started. Okay, I think I always wanted to, yeah. uh, but I don't know. I had parents that like kind of didn't take music or comedy seriously. They're like, "This, you're not gonna be able to." like make a living doing that you got to be a doctor yeah 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 and look at <laughs> Why you now won't you be a doctor look at me now mom <laughs> kind of i'm like i'm an internet clown so i mean i don't know i don't know i don't it's not i don't think it's what either my mom nor i planned for uh, either for me but here yeah. we are yeah here, here we, we are I love it. I love it. Well, this has been amazing, dude. Is there anything else? I mean, we plugged the December 14th and, and let everybody know that you got to come out and see the show and then yeah. just stay tuned to see where, if it's going to be coming to a city near you. And, uh, just so stoked that we got to do this. Um, yeah. my last, my last memory of that fellow that you remind me of was we, we ate it at Chipotle, uh, together while on, um, the street that uh, Ha Ha Cafe is on because we were killing time. Right. And I remember that was one of the last times and it was shortly after that you're like, by the way, I'm moving out of LA and I was like, no. <laughs> so I, yeah, I remember the time. I remember like we became friendly and I remember um, right when I was making my decision to move back to New York for, for work, for work, for I work, got, I got, I got a bit. I got a better job. I had to. Like, I was like the haha. Can, I can do theoretically stand up out there, but out there, yeah. I remember right before uh, leaving, like we had a conversation, and I remember we were talking about Mastodon, and I was like, Jacob likes likes metal, sick. Or like I was like I didn't know that like you were a music guy. People don't know that very, about me. Yeah. They don't, they don't, a lot of people. Not initially. Yeah, yeah. I let them know. And now that obviously I do the thing that I do, but they're still surprised at my metal love. I don't make right. enough content about metal. I have before, but like when I wore a Sanguisa Gabog 
t-shirt people are like you like that band i was like fuck yeah i do or i make a yeah. video about black dahlia murder or whatever i'm like i make videos um I, uh, I made a video about the tony danza tap dance extravaganza and literally, literally people were like you like this and i was like fuck yeah i do i just never talk i never get a chance to really spread my black wings on these tracks yeah. in social media so <laughs> yeah i will i think it's also you know it, it it's fun because it's like uh uh, like learning when people are into like aggressive music is like, oh, they're down. They're down. Oh, is that Jacob's down? Jacob's down. Uh, I, uh, and also even the funny thing is like, if you, I love Sanguisugabog. Yeah. I, and they are a lot of fun. And they are also just champions of all types of music. If you follow. They're great. Any of their social media, like they're lifting up every, so much death metal. Yeah. So much death metal, but they are also lifting up so much other like these are they are a death metal band and they are probably the best death metal band right now. Or no, I it's they're one, one of, of the best. Yeah. Yeah. They're one of the best. They sound unbelievable live. Yeah. Go see if you have not if them. you're a death metal fan and you haven't seen it, go see them. Go see they're them. Un, unreal. Uh but Every day, like their mission is to be champions of music, and I respect that shit so much. I love to see that. I love seeing like people from this community just loving, loving their community, but also just loving all music. Because we should all, as as music fans and musicians, we should be supporting all of it. Agreed. I've never liked, I've never been a part of the elitist the circles, which is like, this is real. This is not. I'm like, I don't care. I, totally. I, I, you get into whatever kind of aggressive music you like. I don't care what speed it is, you know? So, yeah. so anyway, well, dude, thank you again for coming on waterproof records. Uh, yeah. just so good to see you after so long. And honestly, I am hoping that there is a West Coast reunion, or otherwise, I'll get my ass out to the East Coast and I uh, can see you out there, and you can show me around. Yeah, man, I'd love we'll it. Go to, we'll go to we'll go to the statue. We'll go to Joe's Pizza. <laughs> You're gonna have a great time. You give me all the stuff. Give me all yeah. the all the touristy stuff. I love it. Yeah, it'll be great. All right, everybody. Spider-Man so make sure you, pizza, baby. Yeah, yeah. So make sure if you uh, haven't yet, go check out Two Minutes to Late Night funniest most amazing music loving group of people that'll oh, make you laugh uh, great 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 energy great fun um you'll absolutely have a blast on every show so check it out for sure um thank you Gorsenio hall for coming on my show today thank you jacob thank you for having me <laughs> we're gonna have end it right afternoon. there uh it's so fun it's so fun when you get a chance to hang out with friends that you spent time within another lifetime to reminisce about those times to talk about those open mics. It all seems to somehow get romanticized a little bit in your head again, because you, when you left, you felt like, I uh, just, this, this community, this world, I don't want to be in, but I, I feel like I'm looking at it again with fresh eyes and what better way to uh, remember it than when, than hanging out with Garcenio um, for a little while there. It sounds like he's got a lot of very exciting stuff. I do hope he makes his way out to the West Coast because I would love, 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 love to be in any bit they wanted to put me in. I would love to do open up this uh, pit, open up this mic, uh, which is such a funny idea. But again, Two Minutes to Late Night is such a funny show. You can go on YouTube. You can see all these awesome episodes that they have. 
And uh, again, those collaborations with epic musicians, you won't even believe it. When you when you type in two minutes to late night on YouTube, you will see all these cover songs that they've been putting out. Like he said, they were ahead of the curve um, on the Zoom and the remote filming things. They had it in, in, in the can before we even got in a situation where that's the only way we could communicate. I mean, hell, look at Waterproof Records. This podcast relies upon the fact that I can have guests that live across the country like in New York and I can still have them come on the show. So. Um, it was so cool hanging out and catching up with him after so long. And uh, uh, thank you guys for hanging with me. And we learned a little bit about Danzig, uh, too. I was a fan of some songs of Danzig's. I haven't followed his career as in-depth as uh, as he did. But it was really fun to see his passion and excitement for that artist. And that's what I love about the show is really getting a chance to see my guests kind of geek out over something that they love. So that was super cool. So thanks for joining me again on waterproof records. Make sure you're checking out distrokid.com slash VIP slash waterproof. Get that 30% off. And this was a fun one. We'll see you next time on waterproof records.